Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Well, Dennis, what a weekend it is that we've just seen. World Series Speedway decided over there at the Perth Motorplex. It was this Victorian Speed Car Championship, the New South Wales Speed Car Championship, and, well, I should say the Australian title for the V8 Dirt and Modifieds at Valvoline Raceway. And it's great. We're going to have two Australian champions on the show tonight. Um, Craig, our show tonight is power-packed. I mean, how many titles do you want? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that, that's 12, don't... isn't it? Uh, sorry, it's uh, seven yeah. between our yeah. two guests. Yes, yeah, oh, just incredible. And, of course, it's pretty uh, significant uh, last weekend in, in the history of speed car racing uh, in this country, of course, uh, with the 75th running of the Victorian Speed Car Championship. And, uh, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but a win going out to Carson Macedo, uh, of course, against the Dyson Motorsport team, getting the job done, Travis Mill second and Matt Jackson third. So, so Craig, plenty happening. And also, let's not forget that great Australian Speedway sidecar rider, Darren Trelaw, who just keeps winning these New South Wales sidecar titles. Mm. Off the top of my head, and I stand corrected here, I think that's something like 20 or 22 state titles he's won on sidecars. Just remarkable. Yeah. Well, we look now at the World Series sprint cars that wrapped up. I don't think we said. It's Kevin Britton, the V8 uh, modified be a dirt modified champion joining us a little later in the show and also the street stocker australian champion in josh boyd uh both going to be our guests tonight yeah, looking forward to speaking with both both craig a great advertisement for the sport and um i'm sure we will we will hear them and and their professional way they go about this sport and and they make um for not only good interviews, but uh, they present themselves very well to the media. Yep, they do indeed. We uh, first, though, will look at what happened in the Perth Motorplex last weekend, and it was James McFadden that couldn't have put an exclamation point any better on his World Series sprint car season, winning both the final rounds, and his pass on the last corner of the last race of the year to uh, get past the uh, the American driver whose name's just jumped out of my head. Um, Corey Elias. Corey Elias, uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Diamond Bay Motorsport team. Mm. Um, you know, Craig, no, that's okay. Don't worry about that. We, we all have those temporary moments of we just can't remember a name. Mm. But um, I've done that a million times over the years. Um, but, you know, for James McFadden and Luch Monty and the Monty Motorsports team. I mean, this this was a, a, a great achievement. That's five career wins in World Series sprint cars for James McFadden. Uh, a, a tremendous achievement. But the, the race, the, the, the crowd, the grand final, the occasion, I mean, it, it was just superb. Uh, the point I want to make here as well, World Series sprint cars continues to deliver. 
big crowds, okay, maybe some of the car counts across the nation, some of the rounds were a little down, and I suppose that's an, something that they do need to address. But on the big stage, on the big night, World Series sprint cars delivered yet again. And that West Australian swing has become so pivotal in the series in recent history. Yeah, well, when you think about it, last week all we were talking about was Kerry Matson. Can he carry that momentum in? And he was he was doing well on Saturday, but McFadden had got the jump and opened that points buffer. But then, unfortunately, he had dramas on Saturday night, which put an end to his championship challenge. Madsen did finish in second position, and then the old stager, Brooke Tatnell, rounded out third position. Uh, Hats off to Jock Gooder, who finished fourth place overall in what was a very solid year, and Lucas Wolfe rounded out the top five. Yeah, I, I think you've just mentioned a name there who's benefited greatly this year, Jock Goodyear, for, from World Series Spring Cars. Um, a t- tremendous effort, you know. We expect it from the likes of, of Brooke and Kerry and, of course, James. Uh, seasoned professionals spend a lot of time not only uh, racing uh, in the US and here, but they just a lot of time at being so professional at what they do, you know. They work at their trade all the time. But, you know, the World Series swing cars, Jock Goodyear was, was very, very impressive during the whole series. He has been indeed. So we move then to Victoria as we build up to the Australian Speed Car Championship. And the warm-up was at Avalon Raceway, where Carson Macedo, who we've spoken a lot about on this show already, was able to take the victory over Travis Mills and New South Wales' Matt Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Four marks also too to the, the Travis Mills team. They they did uh, spend a fair bit of midnight oil preparing their cars for that, um, and and um, you know they had some good people in their corner, and and they got the job done. Good good support and sponsorship from Dutton Garage, who were heavily involved in this coming weekend's Australian Speed Car Championship at the Premier Speedway, Warrnambool. Uh, look, a, a terrific race from all accounts, and 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 you know it, it just goes to show that when the speed cars, when the top names are there, they still always put on a show. There's no question of that, and and this was very indicative on the reports I've heard. I wasn't there, but the reports I've heard on the night were all very very favourable. And and I want to give a wrap here too to to, to people like Jeff and Rod Drew, the Drew family. I've been there, uh, Norm and Doug Drew initially uh, with Avalon Raceway going right back to the mid-70s when the venue opened. The Drew family worked very hard at this venue. They've maintained it over the years. Okay, they might, some people say, well, you know, maybe they could spend more doing a little bit on the facilities. Yes, I understand all of that. I get it. But at the same time, they are there every year, every season, and they take always rounds of World Series sprint cars they always put their hand up for major events. They always host venues, uh, events like the state titles for various categories, major categories. And, and I think they've made a magnificent contribution to, to Australian Speedway. And, I, and I'm probably a little biased here. Jeff Drew is a good friend of mine. I, I openly admit that. And, uh, but, but still, it's, they still continue to put on the big shows and they get good crowds and they are rewarded for this by having good attendance, Craig, and 
it's a great venue. It's a it's a real really spectacular track, and and always good for midgets. And they've they've hosted Australian speedcar titles over the years, Australian speedcar Grand Prix, you name it. They've hosted many major title events since the inception of the track, which I think off the top of my head was 1975. So so a great tribute to Avalon Raceway and, and the Drew family. Well, we do need to get into the interviews now, Dennis, and we'll look forward to hearing from Kevin Britton. Right after this break, though, we're going to hear from Josh Boyd. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the dirttrackchannel.com. Well, it's always great to have Australian champions join us on the line and one of the youngest Australian champions in Speedway is Josh Boyd. Congratulations. Uh, I joked with Dennis on last week's show that uh, you're not giving the sign riders much work. You go from number 11 to Australia 1. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, look, it's been a whirlwind of events the last week or so since um, the big race last Saturday night. Um, I'm still trying to catch up with it all, I'll be honest. It's been really overwhelming, all the support we've received. And, um, yeah, I've, it's only been today I've actually sat down and watched the race again for myself. So, um, yeah, it's been an oh, unreal experience sort of from the going into the night, our expectations and all that. And um, now coming out of it, I'm still... Got a grin into your ear just talking about it now. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Can you go backwards to tell us where your motor racing journey started? Of course, yeah. Well, um, it's a rare, it, yeah, it's rare around these days. I'm a first generation racer, as they say, as in my um, my old man, my father never raced speedway. So, um, but one thing he did, he always took me to Lismore Speedway to watch speedway and um, watching those junior sedans run around there back in the days where it would have been um. Jordan Viviano, the likes of Kurt Wilson, you know, big names locally around here, made a name for themselves in the sport since. Um, watching those junior sedans go around, and this would have been before I was 10 years old, about the time, RSA junior sedans, which we run locally here, um, the minimum age was 14 years old. So I said, Dad, when I turn 14, I want to start racing Speedway. So on my 13th birthday, sort of surprised that I think he wanted to call me off guard. And I said, Dad, you know what I want to do? And he said, righto. So we've chased up a junior sedan car and it started from there. And um, three and a half seasons it turned out being in the junior sedan. And um, in the last season, we got the Australian and New South Wales title for RSA junior sedans, which was a, oh, going out of juniors, it couldn't have been any better. It was a incredible season. Just enjoyed every minute of it, meeting new people and, um, yeah, what a way to go out. And, um, yeah, we find ourselves now in um, RSA Street Stockers, which was a, oh, a really good step up for us as a team as we're not too familiar with racing as in setup-wise, what to do with cars ourselves. We've received awesome support from people in the Speedway community, but Dad and I ourselves, we're sort of a little bit lost as to what to do. So RSA Stockers was a really good step for us and there was lots of people around here that, helped us off the mark sort of thing. And, um, yeah, we sort of got a podium in our first night, which was a huge shock. But, um, yeah, and straight away just enjoying the sport, the challenges from going front-wheel drive to rear-wheel drive. Um, yeah, loving every minute of it. And then into our, I believe, seventh logbook meeting for the my first season in a senior division, we had our RSA Street Stocker Australian title out west at Gilgandra Speedway in New South Wales. And um, going into it just... 
aiming sort of top 15, top half of the field, top 10 maybe, and ended up walking away on the top step. Yeah, it's sort of, looking back now, it's gone by in a flash. Started from 14, I'm 18 now, so about four years of racing, and uh, I don't know what to say. I'm still speechless just thinking about it now, how it's all turned out. But, yeah. Congratulations again, Josh. A, a magnificent effort. There's not too many uh, people in Australian Speedway at um, 18 years of age hold two Australian titles. And as far as the street stock <laughs> category is concerned, uh, moving into a different category and your first uh, main event win happens to be an Australian title. A mighty effort. Well, that, oh, that's right. Oh, it's, as, as I said, it was sort of, it's really weird to describe the feeling we have now between our team and our family and all our sponsors on board about how we feel about having the Australian title. It's something I've always looked up to, but the idea of going down to the Australian title this year was to all for experience, you see, like just a game, like to run with the big boys down there. That's the big show. That's the biggest sort of division, biggest sort of race and single event in our association. So we thought, oh, just to run down there amongst it all and be in the atmosphere, get take all the atmosphere in and um, just be a part of it, maybe get some experience and have a crack in a few years' time, not push further up the field. And, um, yeah, how it's turned out, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, just, just take us through the latter half of that race. Uh, for the early part of the event, you were running well-placed in third and, and very close with the two front-running cars. When did you decide to make an attempt win this race? Because you were there, you were right there with the with the top two cars. Yeah, well, I'll, talking about that latter half of the feature race, I'll have to go back to a few meetings ago where I ran a Lismore meeting with the very well-renowned Shane Carlson. He's a former Australian champion in the RSA Street Stockers and a name you sort of associate with very clean, very respectable and a very fast driver. And racing against him in Lismore, it was oh, just having him on the track and racing side by side with him was an unreal feeling. And um, he too, of the Australian title, not, I found myself running second to him. And just watching the way he raced, how clean he was, he just doesn't make a mistake. And I'm thinking, oh, how do I get around him? And um, there is footage on me on our um, Facebook page about it, but um, I try to move around the outside in the second heat to take the lead on the last lap, but it sort of didn't work for me. I pushed up high, but still came home in second place. And I thought to myself, I thought, geez, I'd like to have another crack at that. And then, lo and behold, in the Australian title main, A main feature race, I start in third place alongside a very good front row in um, Hollier and Carlson. And, yeah, this... The start of the race, it was sort of. I learned a lot during the night, and at the start of the race, I was thinking about tyre wear, you know, stuff. I, w I wouldn't think about it before, but everyone been drilling it into me, thinking, be drive smarter, drive smarter, think a bit, think a bit more about what you're doing. So that's what I was trying to do at the start of the race, just sort of seeing what they were doing. And I saw Shane was driving as always, as I said, really neat on that low line, and um, I decided it was going to have to be long way around to do it and um, just got a really good run off turn two. This would have been about uh, yeah. hard to tell, about halfway through that race and it's just sort of, I was in the box seat and I thought, well, I shouldn't muck around for too much longer. I thought, I want to have a go at it. And, well, 
into turn three, I was sort of around the outside of him, and by the time he was into turn one, I was in the lead, and just sort of, yeah, I was sort of, I, I was pinching myself going through that corner, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It's all been a bit of a whirlwind, I guess, in the four years, and, and now that uh, you're, you've very much consolidated your career, and, and you're gradually making stepping stones, like starting in junior sedan, now into street stoppers, in, in the future, what is what is your plan uh, to, to go into a major, major category, be it sprint cars, speed cars, late models? What, what, what is your aim going into the future? Well, where we are now, it's as, as you said perfectly, it's just stepping stones sort of thing. I like to see it as that. And junior sedans is a perfect division for that. And I don't think I'll stand by this till the day I stopped racing RSA junior sedans, especially in northern New South Wales, is the best possible environment for a young racer looking to grow their knowledge and develop their skills as a driver on the track and be very well represented off the track. It's Without the club and support from the junior trainers and the people around here, it wouldn't have happened in the first place, yes. But, um, yeah, talk, think in future. Um, I, myself, am a big fan of sedan racing and... Um, just the, I don't, nothing against, I can't express enough how much I thoroughly enjoy watching sprint car racing. It's its own breed of, same with speed cars. They're just incredible to watch. But there's something about the door-to-door, side-by-side action that is unique to sedan racing. It's something about that that I, um, yeah, it just makes me drool when I watch a really good sedan race. Just that door-to-door action. And we, we um, as a family, went up to... Um, Kingroy Speedway in the Australia Day long weekend. It's the second year in a row I've been to watch the annual Kings Royal. And I, hands down, I don't think there's a better race meeting on the Speedway calendar across the country. It's from heat one, night one, it's door-to-door action, racing for everything. Everyone's putting everything on the line and it's just the best, best racing I've ever seen. So as a long-term goal, modified sedans, they are just awesome to watch and to be amongst a group of such highly ranked drivers and amongst the big names, that'd be, yeah, that'd be a dream come true if I could one day make it into a division like that, yeah. You were the first generation driver, as you mentioned, so how did you pick number 11 as your racing number? It's, um, it's interesting that, as I said, I started at 14, so yeah, people have... It's funny, everyone has their stories about where they picked their racing number from, and mine's nothing fabulous. I'm born in November, that's the 11th month. But in the time, my favourite soccer player and my favourite footy players wore the number 11 on their jerseys, so it just lined up, and that's what I was wearing on the weekends when I played my local sport in the soccer team. I wore the number 11, so it just sort of, yeah, I don't know, it was sort of nothing too crazy behind it. I just liked the number, and um, yeah, it just sort of happened from there. That's where it come from. Mm. And you would never have heard the stories about green race cars on a speedway either. If oh, you've, uh... tell me about it. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. Now, Josh, um, the, the whole uh, perspective of all of this, um, do you feel you now have risen to this status? Do you feel any extra pressure on you now because um, – People know who you are. People know you as a two-time Australian champion in two different categories. How do you feel now? Does, does this take on a different perspective from here on in? Do you have 
higher expectations in yourself? Well, it's an interesting sort of, yeah, it's an interesting idea and it's hard to describe what it's like. Like, because I'm still getting over the fact myself about, like, as you said, when you say the two Australian title holders and the one state title, it's still sending, I'm still giggling to myself about it sort of thing, still getting the goosebumps going. So it's crazy to think about it now. But going forward and racing throughout not just this season but seasons to come, yeah, it's just a little bit of oh, expectation, I guess, would be a word or, yeah, a little bit of pressure there to sort of live up to a... Well, to the title, yeah. the title of being yeah. a title holder. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just try to – a good example was in junior sedans. I had the Australian title under my belt in the November of that season and going into the state title in March, I believe, it was – yeah, there's that pressure to sort of, oh, well, you've, you've got – you've done this show. Can you can you do it again? And, yeah, I guess that sort of pressure comes back onto you. It's come back onto us now with that. But, um. Yeah, it's just trying to keep my head down and um, do what I do, do what I enjoy doing, and that's just racing fast and trying to race yeah. clean. And yeah, yeah. With this, uh, with this um, latest success in, in the RSA Australian Street Stock Stock of Championship, it, being at Gilgandra, um, it was virtually a, a, a whole new ball game for you, Josh. I mean, it was what three years ago since you raced the junior sedan at Gilgandra? Yeah, that's it. Um, Dad and I just went for a venture out west. I don't know where it came from. We just sort of shrugged our shoulders, right? Oh, let's pack the car and away we went. We did Gilgandra on a Friday night, Dubbo Speedway on a Saturday night, and came home to watch the Sprint Cars Lismore on the Sunday night. And um, yeah, we just went out there for a run in the junior city. And I was only relatively fresh to the grade, but um, we had a really good weekend out there. Where I don't think out of the two nights of racing that we did in Gilgandra Dubbo, I don't think we lost a race. But um, yeah, as I say, coming back down there now, learning the going from the front wheel drive Corolla to the rear wheel drive VR Commodore, it's um lots of changes. So I sort of any prior experience to the track I took with a grain of salt because I'm coming in there with a new car. It's been that long; it's hard to remember what the track was like. And um, yeah, from where I come from too, Northern Rivers, our closest tracks are Lismore and Grafton, and only an hour away. So anyone who knows those two tracks know that straights aren't. The thing we normally come by around here, so <laughs> racing on a proper I, oval yeah, track with long yeah, strides, I, yeah, it's yeah. Josh, what, what part does family play in all of this? I, I, I've noted, having spoken to you previously and written a few articles on you, um, you always make mention of family. How how pivotal has that been right from day one? Oh, it's it's simple as it wouldn't happen without my family, um, Dad for gritting the teeth and making the decision to get us a Speedway car and it wouldn't happen off the start without my major sponsor and my uncle Daryl Boyd from Boyd's Bailing and Leanne and um, for their support off the mark. Mum for always being the level head to come home to, pull me into line when I need to be pulled in the line and keep me focused for the next one and um, yeah, the family's just grown from there to Donna and Jeff, my auntie and father up in Brisbane, they're huge in the sprint car um, it's culture up there and they just love everything Speedway and uh, yeah the support we've got from them and the, I'm sure some would be familiar with the Pickering name in Sydney too, that's in the blood there too so the support we've seen, received from them as family but the family goes beyond blood too in the Speedway 
in the sport. So, um, yeah, very grateful for that and um, just the continual support and reassurance that no matter what you do, you've always got someone behind you. Well, Josh, it's a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Speedway and looking forward to seeing how your results pan out throughout the rest of this year and then into the title defence in 2020-21. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much, Josh. It's great to have you on our show and best of luck in the future. And uh, congratulations again on that uh, Australian Street Soccer Championship. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, to, talk to, to talk on a show where such big names have been on and discuss similar topics with you guys, it's, yeah, I'm still pinching myself at the fact that this opportunity's come up. So, yeah, I'm very grateful and um, it's been great talking to you. Well, it's always great when new records get set and old ones broken, and that's exactly what happened at Valvoline Raceway last Saturday night when our next guest, Kevin Britton, was able to win five consecutive Australian championships. Congratulations, Kevin. What a remarkable feat. It's uh, a credit to you and all your uh, associated team. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I mean, it was a... Pretty, it's a pretty amazing feat, but I mean, I definitely can't do it without all the, all the crew that helped me get to where we were. And it's, I mean, it's a long, it's a long trip down to Sydney from Brisbane, and it's it's just it's it's amazing to be able to win the five in a row. What was your thoughts coming in? Was it any more pressure knowing that no one in Australian Speedway, which goes back to the turn of the nineteenth century, had ever been able to go five in a row before? Yeah, well, to be honest, I wasn't exactly sure on that stat, so I. That part of it didn't exactly play on my mind. I, it was, to be honest, it was a bit of relief on my mind because like last year was going for the four in a row, which in the class I was in, no one, no one had done that. A lot of guys had got to three, but no one had been able to manage the four. So, being that last year I got the four, there was actually a bit of weight off my shoulders. It was more like come in with a bit of bit of a fun attitude and just see what happens. Kevin, again, congratulations, uh, a magnificent achievement, and, and we're just talking about records. Now, you've scattered records everywhere <laughs> with this win. I don't know if you realise this. I know I made a brief mention of it to you right at the start of the meeting last Saturday night at Valvoline Raceway, but, but you, uh, going into this title, already shared a record with uh, three very, very significant names in Australian Speedway history. One in sprint cars, one in speed cars, and one in solo bikes. Now, let me explain. You were equal with um, Ray Ravel, uh, Craig's grandfather, who won a total of five Australian speed car Grand Prix titles, but he won four in a row, 1950, 51, 52, and 53. Um, Gary Rush, great Gary Rush, won 10 Australian sprint car titles, but won four in a row, 81, 82, 83, 84. And, of course, the late, great Speedway rider, Billy Sanders, who won six national titles, 80, 81, 82, 83. So you were in distinguished company, Kevin, going into the title. Had anyone pointed that out to you prior? No. Um, no honestly, the first time I heard of it was when you and I spoke down at the racetrack. And it kind of, I was kind of in race mode a little bit, so I didn't really process it properly, but I I definitely processed it afterwards, that's for sure. Yeah, so so you 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 know you you've certainly now established a, a, a few things here. How did the night go? Um, how was the car on the night? Obviously, it was good enough to win, but I mean, 
did the earlier heats tell you something, what you needed to do with the car as far as the track was concerned? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from the race track we had the first night, the race track we had the second night was a whole different. And then, um, sort of, I ended up in the in one of my heat races on the last night, or the, the last heat race, I had an altercation with the car, which ended up sending me flying over the bumps and backwards into the wall. So there was definitely a bit of nerves from that. And obviously having to fix, fix the car to make it right for the final as well. Now, I believe one of the first people who congratulated you was your brother from America who won three consecutive Australian V8 Modified uh, Championship. Is that correct? Yeah, he was definitely one. We were, um, got on the phone with him when we got back to the pits and had a, had a, speak, had a talk to him. But, and yeah, obviously like the whole crew came out of the infield as well and, it was a pretty special moment. How did you get into dirt modified racing? It, it's a very popular category, particularly in the States, but over here it's had its ebbs and flows. Yeah, um, to be honest, it started with when my when my brother, he was racing in, in the international class and Dad was kind of looking at the next step for him and like everyone obviously sort of aspires to, like in Australia anyway, for the, the whole sprint car game. But at, at that particular stage, like there was no way our family could afford it at all, and so Dad, Dad liked the modifieds. He sort of saw them, and he, he he always had a liking for them. So he decided that was that would be the next chapter for our like for my brother to go to. And then after two years of him racing that, I I came out of I got turned sixteen, um, got too old for juniors, obviously. So then. It was the toss-up of do we put me through the Amca National class and then basically split the race team up and be racing at different racetracks at different on the same night, or just throw me straight in the deep end into a modified and see how I go. <laughs> that ended up deciding to throw me straight in the deep end and go race a modified, and that way we could stay as a race team, a two-car team, and see see where we'd all end up. With a brother that you're racing against, it's always very competitive. He goes and gets those three titles, and he thinks he's got the wood on you. Yeah, I mean, he's always been older, so he's always had, always thought he had the wood on me. And I mean, it's it's a pretty cool feeling to, to like last year when, when I managed to beat his record, that was absolutely amazing. And then for this year, the cement it with a, another one again above it is it's incredible. It's definitely there's definitely a sibling rivalry between them. Kevin, I know um, each uh, national title presents a challenge and, um, you know, what does the future hold? Um, do, you, do you go for, you know, for the next one and and, and where where does it go to from there? Well, what is your long-term future and goals? Um, oh, obviously, the, the long-term goal is to win as many as you can. I mean, we're not, I'm not ever going to quit modified racing while I am the Australian champion, that's for sure. Um, and to be honest, I'll probably never quit them. Even, even if I lose the title, I'll still always have one, and because they've got they got a soft spot in the heart for them. But I mean, there's there's obviously the steps I'm slowly taking, which is like I've got a I've purchased a spring car a couple of years ago, and I'm doing a bit of a bit of racing with that. And probably the long term would be to be like racing in them at a competitive level. But definitely at the moment, I don't see myself leaving modifiers anytime soon. How do you divide the two, sprint car racing and, and V8 dirt modified racing? It's hard. 
Um, the, the sprint car definitely gets sort of pushed to the side throughout the year at, at times. I mean, I'm, I probably need a, if I'm going to do any good in the sprint car, I'm going to have to focus more on it. But it's, it's one of the things, like, we're still learning with the sprint car. We still don't have, like, the best package out there either with the car. So it's kind of, it's a bit of me. It's obviously me as a driver being new in the car and then the car not being the perfect one out there. But we're, we're learning and we, every year we're getting faster and faster in it. And, I mean, it definitely, it, it helps me in the modified. I've, I've found that out very, very quickly. Like, the, the difference in speed that you do in the sprint car Definitely, once you get back to the modified, it just it just sort of helps your brain thinking at the speed that you do in the spin car. But then, obviously, you're not quite doing that in the modified, so your brain can just touch up and you can make split second decisions a lot quicker. And it, it definitely, and you end up making the right decision instead of making the wrong one. No, you, you don't make too many wrong decisions, Kevin. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, look, um, are you planning on racing in America during the Australian off season? Um, this year I'm not, I'm not planning on racing at the moment. I mean, if obviously we're always open to any deals, but I mean, at this stage, it's probably going to be an off season at home and just trying to recuperate and get prepped up better for next year with, with both the strength I own the modified. And just very quickly, of course, you are the Australian Asian for the Troyer race cars, so it's pretty good for business on Saturday night as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely is. I mean, it's, it's actually quite a, an amazing feat for the, the trail cars as well because they've, they've only been in Australia since 2008 and they've only, they've only ever lost, like had a non troya car have the title since then one year. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's like 11 years or something and we've only lost one year. So, pretty amazing. Well, Kevin, it's a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Speedway and we wish you every success as you take A1 well, around the country on a uh, another another fantastic year. Yep, no, thank you very much, and thanks for having me on the show. Well, Dennis, as we wrap up another big show, we do need to focus in now on the Australian Speed Car Championship and what a race it's going to be. We've got international drivers, amazing Grid forty-five cars, I believe, nominated at uh, the last at the last drop of uh, the uh, entries. Um, Caleb Curry is going to be part of it. Of course, we've already mentioned about the new Victorian state champion in Carson Macedo. Matt Jackson, Troy Jenkins are going to be there from New South Wales, along with Michael Stewart. But the internationals. Michael Pickens, New Zealand number one. Shannon McQueen from USA. Michelle Decker from the USA. And, of course, Carson, the internationals that are going to be vying for the title. And if I remember rightly, I think it's something like... You'll, you'll correct me because I'll be wrong here, but I think it's something like uh, 11 times. This championship was started in 1935 has gone to an international driver. Yes, that would be right. That, that is that is true. Um, now, this is something I just wanted to talk about here. And, and, and full accolades here to Speed Cars Australia 
Um, they are very much um, open to international competition in their national title, and I think it's reflective of, of the performances of, of uh, not only visiting drivers, but it lifts, lifts the local game as well. And, and you know, um, like, like it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it is an international event, the Australian Seacoast title. I know the late model people do the same thing. Um, and, and I think there's, um, and, and if memory serves me correctly, I've, I'm pretty sure over the years there's been an American in an Australian Super Sedan Championship. I'm pretty sure of that, although someone will correct me if I'm wrong there. But, um, uh, you know, overall, um, we, we know the standard of speed car competition in an Australian Championship is benefited not only by Americans but New Zealanders, and it is open to international competition. So, all marks to Speed Cars Australia. I know they've had this in place for many, many years. It's nothing new, but it just continues the impetus of an international event. And this one at Warrnambool, which is a very fast, very exciting track, very good for speed cars, very quick for speed cars, I think you'll see some great racing uh, this weekend at the Premier Speedway. We've already spoken on a recent show to the general manager there, David Mills, who's who's very enthusiastic about this weekend, and rightly so. It'll be a great title, and whoever wins, I can tell you one thing, Craig, I can't predict the winner, but I can predict whoever wins it will certainly deserve it. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing is, since the 2009-10 season, you had Davey Ray win it, you had Michael Pickens win it, and Rocco Abreu win it from overseas. That's only three times. One was washed out, so three times in 10 years it's gone overseas. The rest of the time it's yep. stayed in Australia. And well, if you, now, that's the... Yeah, sorry, Craig. Uh, and if you consider, back in the Australian Grand Prix years, you had names like, you know, Brock, uh, Bob Tattersall won it twice, Jimmy Davis once, uh, Cal Nidey. That uh, Those names are the best of the best in midget slash yeah. speed car racing in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great endorsement for Australian speed car racing with that fascinating statistic you, you just explained. Uh, three out of ten, the last ten, have gone to international drivers. I mean, it's a fair record for Australian competition as well, you know. Um, Actually, uh, I left Michael yeah. Pickens out, I think. So it would be four, yeah, okay. four, four, yeah. four out of nine. Okay. Sorry, because I left Michael Pickens yeah. out. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that what standard of competition we have in our own country, and we've all, we have all we know that anyway, but, I mean, that's a pretty good statistic. And, and I guess it answers a couple of other categories, and I'm not going to get into any political rent here, but I guess it answers a couple of things about some other categories who point-blank refuse to have uh, international in their Australian title. I know one in particular category did many, many, many years ago, but, you know, I think, I think these days you've got to move with the times, you know, and, and, and it's a great example of our, our standard of drivers and certain standard of race equipment that we do produce some very, very worthy champions in our own backyard against Americans or New Zealanders or whoever, for that matter. Yep. Well, the defending title holder is Dwayne Kingshot, and he'll be trying to do everything in his power to keep that, uh, well, that A1 on the car or to at least continue to hold that championship. Yeah, absolutely right. We wish him 
we wish him safety and we wish him the best of luck. And he's capable of doing it. It's it's, it's full order, and, and that's no no detriment to to um, Trust ability. But it's going to be a, a tough haul this one for everybody. Mm. You know, uh, whoever wins it, as I said, really will deserve this. Yes, definitely will do. So, if you're anywhere near Warrnambool this weekend, the Premier Speedway is the place to be because you are going to see some absolutely fantastic racing with... uh, I I saw one saying there was 45 nominations, but I've just been looking online and now they're talking about 46 nominations. So the grid's getting bigger bigger and bigger as we speak, Dennis. It is. It certainly is. And, um, you know, it it is a a pretty good carnival atmosphere as well. They have the the Calcutta and they have the two... Nights for Friday and the Saturday nights. A, a lot of people from around Australia gather. It, it's a it's a great occasion. I, I've been to many over the years, uh, and and I probably haven't been to more more recent years too many. But but geez, you know, um, years ago I used to go to them all the time, and everywhere Bendigo, Darwin, Adelaide, you name it, I was there, and and, and it was a great great atmosphere of meeting up with people again, and and. And yeah, it's a good it's a good feeling this, and you know, being a traditional category of Australian Speedway, I mean, it doesn't have to be that; it can be any category, but it just makes it more enjoyable knowing the great history of an event like the Australian Speed Car Championship. Well, no one's going to be surprised when I say we'll be talking about it next week on Inside Speedway. I think we might be, Craig. <laughs> Dennis, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Look forward to speaking to you next week on the show. I'll be here. <laughs> Thanks, Craig.